unscripted, unbound, unconditional. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. I'm Mindy. I'm Nicole. And we are the hosts of The Well Unfiltered podcast. Where each episode, you'll hear unscripted faith stories that will make you think. Unbound life lessons that will crack you up. I'm talking adjust your waistband laughter. But most of all, unconditional grace and love that will help you connect to God and to other women. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. Well, welcome to episode one of The Well Unfiltered. Mindy, I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to be here with you. And I wonder if you will still say that after (laughs) I ask you this first question, which (laughs) is... Okay, we'll see. Before we dig into The Well, you see what I did Mm -hmm. there with that metaphor? I appreciate your jokes, yes. Um, I think it might be helpful just to share with everyone a little bit of who we are. And in St. Brene Brown fashion, I know you're a patron saint. She is. What are a few words just to describe who you are? Yeah. Well, you know that this question for me as an Enneagram 2 makes me like want to hide and <laughs> don't ever know how well, to answer that's it. That's how we should start the first episode, yeah. wanting to hide. Hiding. Yes, that's great. You know, it's going to be a very real vulnerable space here. Um, I think for me, a few words that describe me would be, you know, kind of a lover of food, but only good food. Mm-hmm. Very much a food snob. Also a a coffee snob. I'm holding up my black coffee, which is what I drink. <laughs> it isn't a an oat milk latte with it's no not. real coffee. It's okay. not. No, but it's okay. They always ask me at Starbucks, do you want anything in it? I'm like, mm, no, thank you though. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, but also, you know, wife to Zach, mom to Hazel and Reese, um, and Enneagram enthusiast, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point yes. in this space. Yes, definitely yeah. an Enneagram enthusiast. Yeah. I think for me, I would start with probably the foundation of my being. This is going to be deep. This is going to be deep into the well. And that would be my relationship to Beyonce. Mm. Um, Your patron saint. My patron saint, honestly. (laughs) I mean, no offense to Solange, but I'm her real sister. I understand. (laughs) Just if you want to know who I am, just listen to her albums because it's really my... (laughs) My trajectory, it's my art, my art, absolutely. Um, but I'm the opposite of you. I am clearly not a coffee enthusiast. Um, I like primarily milk and a drop of coffee. I love good food, but also good unhealthy food. So I'm much more of a McDonald's French fry connoisseur kind of person. Mother of three, wife. But also, I think what brings us together is that we are both pastors and pastors who are drawn to people's story, drawn to God's story, and finding ways for people to see the connection between the two of those. And that's really what's brought us to the well and to the well unfiltered. So I think with that, I wonder what unfiltered means to you Mm -hmm. and why this space was important for us to create together. Yeah, I feel like when I think about unfiltered, it goes back to that word that you just said, which was stories. Mm-hmm. It's having that space for your story to have its its life, its space, its 
its truth and to be able to express that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny that we call this the well unfiltered because when you think about unfiltered water, it. <laughs> I, I joke with someone, I once got sick on a trip because I drank some water mm. that was not quite filtered. Don't do that. It's a very <laughs> bad life choice. But what I thought, think about when I think about unfiltered is that water, it just kind of shows up. Mm. as is and it is not really caring what it's going to do to your body that is your business it might be your travel companion's business (laughs) as well but it just is what it is Mm. and so when I think about unfiltered it's that space to just be exactly who you are and to know that that that's okay yeah I, I think of unfiltered in a similar way but I particularly think of it in the church context because you talk about showing up as exactly who we are. That's hard. And so often, uh, faith communities, Christians will sing about come as you are, but what we really mean is come as you are, but leave more like us. Mm-hmm. And unfiltered to me really means that you can be who you are with all of that hard stuff not filtered out. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we've learned as pastors is that people need those spaces and those spaces can happen in pews but those spaces can also happen in podcasts right and so i'm excited about the ways that we will not require people to filter themselves and sharing who they are and hopefully for those that are listening that will give them permission to live in unfiltered faith and unfiltered life as well. So I, I, I'm excited about the ways we'll do this. And, and also just with unfiltered, I think when you try to make sure you remove the hard stuff, sometimes you also remove the beautiful things. You absolutely do. The funny mm-hmm. things. Oh my gosh, some of the stories that we have discovered in our unfiltered conversations I'm thinking if we took out all the curse words or all of the other things that make them so good. All of the awkward, all of the mistakes. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't be worth telling. Right. And so I, I hope this is a space where we can hold all those things mm-hmm. and still call it blessed. You know, I saw a quote on Instagram, of course, where I yes. find all of my inspirational where quotes. all real is information Instagram. should be shared. And I can't, I wish I remembered who, who it was by, but it said something about like that thing that you think makes you awkward, that you think makes you flawed that's the thing that God sees and God just celebrates in you Mm. and I just thought yeah we we forget that we forget that those parts of our stories they're not Mm. a liability they're not a detriment they are really a gift of who God made us to be yeah well and I think for many of those that may be listening this is the well unfiltered but it started as the well it did and it was a Facebook group that we Mm -hmm. started with other women to share their stories. But I think what we're trying to do differently here is to also reach more women and to invite more women to be a part of those stories. And I think that this sounds super Christian and pastoral, but I'm going to do it. I'm here for it. I think that's what Jesus was always doing with women. And Mm -hmm. there's there's a unique place where Jesus met women, and it was often at the well in the midst of their work and showing up in those mundane, not special occasion places. So I also think of that when it comes to what unfiltered is, that it's a place where not only we can share our hard stuff, 
but it's also a place where God will meet us, mm-hmm. not this super um, unique, special occasion God that only shows up there, but at the well, at the normal mundane places of our lives. But as we talk about that, Mindy, we can you know, acknowledge that there's this freedom, there's this joy in sharing our unfiltered selves, but it's really hard to be unfiltered. I know. It's funny, even as you were talking about it, like how God shows up and what these spaces looks like, it's like, well, that sounds like the best thing ever. That's what we all want. Right. But it feels like it's actually really hard to find. Yeah. So when you think about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, why is it so difficult for you, Enneagram 2, mm-hmm. coffee snob, food lover, to be unfiltered? Yeah, I would say I'm going to subversively turn this into an Enneagram podcast, so (laughs) just wait for it. But really, I mean, thinking about myself in that lens as an Enneagram too, Mm. if you're not an Enneagram person, that's okay. But basically, that just means that, you know, I am always looking at how I exist in relationship to others. Mm. So I'm always wondering, how is someone else going to react? How is who I am going to be received? Um, I was even telling my therapist, because we'll also turn this into a therapy, rah, rah, rah podcast. <laughs> it's, unfiltered. Well. It's, it's unfiltered. It's all of the it's things. It's all of the things. <laughs> but I was telling her the other day, I said, you know, we recently had to put one of our cats down. And it was really sad. We'd had him for like a decade, you know, mm. just loved him to, to pieces. But I called my grandparents to tell them about it. And instead of feeling like, oh, I'm going to call and get support, my first thought was, how am I going to tell them this news and not make them feel sad? Mm. So I feel like that is my general wiring toward the world. And so it becomes really hard to be unfiltered when you're always thinking about, well, are they okay? Is everyone around me going to be mm. fine? What can I do to help? Right. And so I have to shed some of that and just kind of stand in the truth of who God has made me to be. Yeah. What What is that like for you? What's kind of the barrier for you to be unfiltered? I think that being a non-Enneagram enthusiast. There's what still time. I, <laughs> what I do know about my personality and what I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, what I think is connected to the Enneagram three is this kind of performer achievement Mm -hmm. kind of wiring. And I think that's compounded in my kind of family history. You know, child of uh, someone who's immigrated from West Africa who came to achieve and to support their family. Mm -hmm. And so what comes with that is expectation about how you will carry on this dream And I think that that can be an incredible uh, force of momentum forward. But at the same time, it can also feel like momentum that pulls you out of dreaming for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it was really hard for me even to go into ministry because anyone who is a child of someone who's immigrated to the U.S., minister or pastor is not on the list of approved professions. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, Mm -hmm. preferably doctor, preferably doctor. Make sure you try doctor. (laughs) So doctor? Yeah. Okay. I just want to clarify that. But if like you, like me, literally throw up at the sight of any kind of human anatomy, then try to (laughs) be a lawyer. That is really funny knowing you. That would not be a great No, it would be, honestly... (laughs) 
I would be told to stop practicing and maybe to leave the country, which would be the opposite of of the the American dream. But I think that that compounded with even the expectations of being an African-American woman that found myself primarily in predominantly white spaces and representing not just myself, but feeling like I might represent the cultural experience that someone might have, that would often create a filter Mm -hmm. for me. And I recognize each of those dynamics, but I don't want to be limited by those dynamics. And so this space really is breaking through those expectations. I may not be who you have dreamt me to be. I may not be who you expect me to be, but my drive is to be who God has created me to be. And you can drink that water up or leave it on the table, Mm -hmm. but it's still gonna be poured. So put Mm. that in your martini. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in your lemonade. In your lemonade, whatever (laughs) beverage you you prefer. Yeah, and I say that with power in this moment, but I don't always feel that way. Well, and that's the thing. (laughs) That's why I think these spaces are important because, you know, we can – I mean, how many books have I read that I've highlighted, I've dog-eared the page, (laughs) I've been like, yes, I get this, I believe it. And then you get in the moment – And you have to choose, am I going to filter? Am I going to show up as my true self? And when you're in that moment, it is so much easier to just go to that sort of like less dimensional, filtered, sanitized version of who we are. And I think especially for us as women, Mm -hmm. women who are pastors, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to show up. I know for me, I'm I'm not sure about you, but for me, I grew up in this sort of environment where I never saw women Mm -hmm. as pastors. Like that was just not a norm that was presented to me. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of navigating this like very male dominated space, trying to figure out, well, can I show up as a woman or do I need to act more like a man? I, I'm not sure if I ever told you this story, Nicole, but I remember in seminary, I had a friend who she was like, I love, she was in an Acadian class, which I like don't even, it's a language. I don't understand it. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met. But she was one of the only women in that class. And Mm. she said, I show up to this class fully as a woman every time. I'm not trying to be like the men Mm. in the room. I want to be exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. And that just, that really changed the way I thought about my presence and the way I take up space. Mm -hmm. And it's still a challenge. Yeah. And I think what I've learned through listening and what I hope that those who listen with us will learn is that those unfiltered spaces are hard, whether you are a woman in ministry, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you are an engineer, lawyer, whatever that is, because so many of these spaces as women or as women of color or as young women or as women who are just charting a different path than other people in your Mm -hmm. family or neighborhood have taken. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And what makes it easier is hearing the stories of other women who have done it too. Like the woman who took the Acadian class that Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to Google after to act like I knew what Mm. what that was. Acadian. Because I'm holy and educated. (laughs) And we both went to seminaries. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But I, I mean, I think the other piece of this, I wonder we might explore. So there's the... You know, what does unfiltered mean to us? 
why is it difficult for us to be unfiltered? Mm -hmm. But I think what may not be clear is what this has to do with faith. Because we can just kind of come here and talk about all of our stuff, which could be interesting. I mean, it would be entertaining (laughs) at least. But we are claiming Mm -hmm. that it has something to do with faith. Right. And I wonder what that means to you. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what that means to me is... I see the ways that I've spent some of my life feeling like, oh, I'm too messy. I'm mm-hmm. too much. Like, it, there's too much chaos going on around me. Mm-hmm. And yet, when I go back to the Bible, I realize that one of my very favorite characters in Scripture is Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter, who walked with Jesus. Peter, who I don't think ever had a filter or Never. thought before he spoke no. or jumped out of the boat. I mean, he was just like <laughs> in it at all times, 100%. <laughs> And I look at that and I think, you know, here's this person who was pretty unfiltered, who was very flawed, Mm -hmm. who did not have all of his stuff together. Mm -hmm. And this is who Jesus said, I'm going to build the foundation of my church on you. Mm. And what I think is fascinating is when I feel like, oh, I need to be maybe a little more buttoned up, like a little more calm and together. I think about all the other disciples and people with Jesus And those aren't the stories that we hear told. Mm. I just think that's so interesting that 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 story of this chaotic person who showed up exactly as he was, that's the story that carries forward. Mm. And so it seems like Jesus has a heart for and a way to use those of us that are unfiltered. Or maybe maybe it's when we show up as our true selves. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think we have to be people who do just like recklessly jump out of the boat, right? Um, (laughs) Or cut people's ears off. Don't do that. That's a bad bad look, okay? (laughs) But but yeah, I think that Jesus uses the true parts of ourselves we bring. Mm -hmm. And and I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. How how do you see this intersecting with your faith and I would say like maybe your your work or your life? How, how mm-hmm. does this show up for you? I think of another scriptural story. I think drawing from your connection that Jesus uses unfiltered people. Mm-hmm. Um, another side of that is that Jesus is unfiltered with us. Right. And I think of... Uh, the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, You know, I remember once in a Bible study, someone was calling her like low down, dirty, like she's had this many husbands, um, which was full of judgment, full of um, just stereotype about who she was. And when Jesus meets her, Jesus does not see those pieces of her life and not acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. Jesus acknowledges them and yet also offers her living water. Mm -hmm. And so I think this idea that Jesus not only can use the unfiltered, but is unfiltered in conversation with us. And so what does that do? That gives me permission to be unfiltered with God. Mm -hmm. And then with that that unfiltered kind of relationship with God, this woman has the confidence to go back to her village who may see her as low down and dirty. After all, she's gathering water in the hottest part of the day, Mm -hmm. which no woman in the ancient Near East would have done. But she did that to avoid other women. And she is the first person we see 
preaching the gospel and calling other people to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's the power of an unfiltered conversation with God. You reorient who you are, you reorient who God is, and it makes you want to share that unfiltered water with other people. Mm-hmm. And that's why this matters. Uh, this has a relationship to faith for me. I, I cannot think of a time where I've grown in my faith or I haven't watched someone else's growth where truth wasn't a part of it. I literally just Mm-mm. cannot think of a single time where there wasn't raw truth offered and raw grace at the same time. And that's the key for me. Yeah. Because like when you tell that story about Jesus with the woman at the well, he is unfiltered. But he also is carrying grace right alongside of that yeah. truth. Yeah. Because there's that other story, you know, not too far away, I don't think, yeah. in Scripture, where the church leaders have dragged this woman out who's been caught in adultery. There's so many layers to that story. Oh, my gosh. It's so bizarre. <laughs> but they found this woman. Another episode. Another episode. Yes. We'll talk about it. Um, they found this woman caught in adultery, and they are, they're being pretty unfiltered, but there is no grace. Yeah. And so you just see the contrast of of what it looks like to show up as your true self, as your honest self, right? And to hold space that not everyone is in that same space as you. Yeah, and and I think that we sometimes mistake raw truth um, as a form of grace, and I've seen this in church, especially there was. We used to call them in my church seasoned saints. There was a season. I am called a seasoned <laughs> saint someday. Seasoned saint in her late 80s, God bless her, uh, who would just comment on everyone's life in this. And she wouldn't ever say anything that technically was untrue, uh, but it was completely devoid of grace. So it's like that filtered, unfiltered water, instead of filtering out everything that's still healthy and good, she just had the hard mineral deposits to offer Mm. you. And her way of coding that was, well, I just call it how I see it. I'm in my 80s. Like the filter went off. And I hope that we never come to a place in our faith where we think that we're called to offer truth bombs that hurt and don't heal other people. And I've I've seen that happen in church and it just be coded in this language of truth Mm -hmm. and not realizing how painful Mm -hmm. that is. And the cop out of it is you may not (laughs) be here to see the fallout and not just about age, but we don't know how that what people take or hold on to. Well, and you don't know what story someone has lived mm. as you give your truth. Yeah. And so I think that is a beautiful thing. I know we want to talk about like what this space will be like. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing about what we want to do with this space mm-hmm. is that there is room for stories. We want to tell people's stories. Yeah. But we also want you to know that there's probably more to the story than we're going to get in in, you know, a short podcast conversation. And so I think that's something we can take not just in this space, but into all the spaces we occupy that, Mm -hmm. you know, what we see of someone's story on the surface, there are so many different layers that Mm -hmm. we haven't even begun to to drill down into. Yeah. 
And so I think we just have this invitation to be curious mm-hmm. and I think to maybe ask for a spirit and a posture of grace as we encounter these unfiltered stories, whatever yeah. those look like for us. And I think you, you've really got me thinking about what to expect here. I think a second piece of that is that this will not be a place of absolute certainty. Right. If you're looking for the settlement of your dogmatic or doctrinal question, you see, I, I can bring some seminary I words. I feel very, <laughs> very holy right now. <laughs> like, I remember in seminary, there was this uh, systematic theology book. And I promise this is the own, the like least, or I, I should say the most nerdy seminary talk we will hopefully have. You're not sure? I'm not so sure, but because <laughs> well, I'm here, so it could happen. There was a systematic theology book called Faith Seeking Understanding. Oh, yes. That's the classic. Yeah. Yes. And I remember that the professor still taught at Princeton, and he talked about how he was when he was writing that book, it really was this, this is my faith and I'm seeking this understanding and I'm still seeking this understanding mm-hmm. and so are you. Rather than this settled, I think about some other faith books we read that talk about God and our experiences in this absolute way. And I think what will be different about The Well Unfiltered is that we are intentionally creating a grace space. Mm-hmm. We want your stories that you're still trying to figure out, your stories that don't completely make sense totally, but what you're learning or experiencing about God right now. And we have no idea how that might connect with someone else's story, and we might gain understanding about who God is in a new and different way. And so that that's just another hope that I have for this space that it doesn't require you to know everything about God or even to know everything about God within your own story. But as you were talking about that posture of curiosity, I just, I think that we gather here wanting people to come with their chapter, recognizing that the rest of it is still being written and we're still discovering and reading that together. Mm-hmm. That sounded good. I should All I can down. think about is that <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield song. Right what? Now. What? Oh, what song is that? Unwritten. I'm not going to sing it. This will not be a musical podcast. Are you sure? You're welcome. Because I, I want to push you on that, but I'm trying to respect boundaries. <laughs> Thank you. Boundaries Thank you for are respecting part of, okay. my story and my okay. space. I'll respect your space. Well. What else do you hope for this space? Well, I hope that... And I actually hope that I can find headphones that fit, by the way, just so you I, know. I love your headphones. <laughs> Thank you. I think you look great. Um, well, I think joy is part of it, too. You know, mm. this is something that we talked about, that we want to create a space where we can laugh. I mean, maybe we can sing. It could happen. We'll, we'll TBA. <laughs> TBA on that singing. But, you know, just places where we can both tell stories that are hard and heartfelt yeah but also where is the joy and the growth and the goodness and and just like the I don't know the light Mm -hmm. in the middle of that because Mm -hmm. I think that is like the beauty of our life of faith is that our stories never end at that hard thing Mm -hmm. God is always working goodness and redemption into that and so I look forward to seeing the ways that we can show that show those pieces through the stories we tell, the stories that we get to hear from our our guests, our friends. 
You, this is reminding me of, so one thing that listeners should know is while we currently serve in the United Methodist Church, we have some interesting church backgrounds. We do have some <laughs> interesting church and backgrounds. And as I'm listening to you, I once was in a revival outside Go with on. no air conditioning. That sounds Where hot. the preacher just closed with all things work together for like the last 20 minutes. <laughs> and it was, it was awesome mm-hmm. because it really is that, I know that there are some really terrible things. This was after a hurricane had hit mm. the area where we were living. And the reminder that all things were working together for good, that there was joy in the midst of literal despair. And I think that we do experience that in our lives today. There are mm. hurricanes we can see, and there are ones that we can't see that are just wreaking havoc on our faith, on our relationships. And this could be this place where we acknowledge that, but also find joy. I think it's funny you're bringing up like the hurricane thing because (laughs) part of the whole reason I even went into ministry, even became a pastor, was because of work I did in New Orleans Mm. after Katrina. So, I mean, this is a vintage story at this point. (laughs) But I remember like going through people's homes and we were there a year later and Mm. there were still homes that like had wet carpet a year later. Yeah. But meeting these people who lost everything, and that was the first time I really understood what it meant to have joy Mm. in the midst of despair. Mm. It wasn't like these people are like sunshine Sally or whatever, right? Like everything was not good. Everything was really hard. But there was like a deeper hope Mm -hmm. and a deeper joy. And that just really did a 180 for me in my life because I thought, oh, there is something that I want to have, that they have, and I need to learn from them. Yeah, and that's what we will do here at the right. well. We will dig that deeper hope. Do you, you see? You I know. Okay. We're going with that. Well, we have, we just got the in, uh, indication that we're already over time, which I feel like we will get that's, this every so time. So what can you expect <laughs> from the well? You can expect that we will talk longer than we plan to talk. But you can also expect this question at the end of each episode. And that question is, what's filling your well? So, Mindy, this is our first episode. What's filling your well? So what's filling my well right now is water, which is ridiculous. (laughs) No, (laughs) go with me. So it's going to the pool, to my neighborhood pool, which might sound kind of funny, but here's what I love about the pool. Okay. I mean, I like swimming. It's fun. I like playing with my kids in the water. But my favorite thing about our neighborhood pool is it exists like right in the middle of our neighborhood. And for some reason, it is like a cell phone dead zone. Mm. It is so hard to get texts out. It is impossible to post to social media. Like my phone (laughs) hates our neighborhood pool complex. And it used to frustrate me. Mm. And now I'm like, no, this is the best gift that I could get because it forces me to be present with my kids. It forces me to rest. I can't Mm. just like be on my email and be multitasking. Mm -hmm. And so just having that space is really filling my well. Mm. What about you? Well, again, I am just so spiritually deep and theological and holy. What can you expect from the Well Podcast? Um, <laughs> mine is my hair <laughs> because Amen. that is just so deep. So anybody who has naturally curly hair 
will feel my pain mm-hmm. that in the winter and spring when there's barely any sunlight mm-hmm. there's zero humidity you look like one of two things a llama mm. or like you have a jerry curl and there's nothing in between <laughs> but when the sun comes out and the Lord blesses and sends those rays of sun that dry your hair in record time. And then you can properly fluff. It is just God reminding me it's a good day. how much I am loved and seen. So that's what's filling my well right now. I know that's what you're expecting, something incredibly theologically profound. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll bring that every episode. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> well, I think we've come to the end I think of episode we have. one. Yes. Thanks, We're, Mindy. Let's do it yeah. again. Let's do it again. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you back here at the Well Unfiltered.